Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I might chip out, man. I got this, yeah. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. It's time to listen to Reese and Dan on the Angle Pick Pod. Ankle Pickers, welcome back to the Ankle Pick Pod. Usual suspects, as always, we have dank wagers after a little technical difficulties finally making it in. How are we feeling, MMA Longhorn Dank Wagers at Dan, DK? You know, I'm, I'm chomping at the bit, man. I, uh, it was green last week, but I want to double it this week. I want to I really see if I can push it. And you know what else is green? The ankle lock, as always. And then we'll kick it over to Country Club Kobe. Kobe, I mean, you just get to ride the money trail all the way to the bank, week in and week out. But you do put your work in. H- how are you feeling hosting this, hosting the boys? I'm good. I guess we'll lead off with the good stuff. The uh, you mentioned the ankle lock. You mentioned riding the money train. The ankle lock is ten and one since July. Once we started that new game, ten and one is good for second place out of what 30, 40 people in the capper group. Insane. We're up thirty-seven and a half units and three units back of first place. So still looking to get that top spot. But you know, ten and one stuff to beat. First place is also ten and one for whatever it's worth. I, it's just, it's, I was telling Kobe how crazy it is that we are 10 and one and haven't quite crossed that threshold of first place, but nonetheless, uh, 10 and one, Dan hats off to you. Pat on my back myself. This is amazing yes, stuff. Let's keep so it going. we're going to skip recap this week because you know, at this point it's, it's stale. We'll just, the only recap we have is two quick things. One, Mike Davis was our ankle lock. Mike Davis coasted to a 30-27, 30-26, 30-26 unanimous decision over Václav Borshev. I mean, the reads were right there all day long. And then the other thing quick that I would be remiss if we didn't touch on was just Mackenzie Dern dropping Jan Chanan. I know a lot of us didn't see that coming, didn't think that was necessarily a possibility. What I was most impressed by, and this is a hats off to Team Alpha Male moment, is that it did hit the mat and it didn't end. That's where I missed my read. Yeah, both both times it hit the mats, you could argue are 10 8 rounds, and that's where the maybe controversy, because I didn't really disagree with anything, comes into the the conversations around what we saw. But yeah, that, that shows in a five round fight that nothing's guaranteed and it can flip on its head. Those there are a couple of rounds in there were just opposites of each other. Um and yeah, like you said, props to Team Alpha Male. They really did a great yeah, job. Well-deserved, well too. And that, that was not easy for me to say. So with that really, really highlighted quick news and or, uh, recap. I guess let, let me go tangent off that real quick. Because okay. that, that hits our women's dog science. 2-0 last week. Mm. Chelsea Chandler, women's dog, won on the prelims card. And also Yan Janan. That's... 57 units in 2022 that's up 57 units our science is women's dog where the favorite is under minus 350 i'm forgetting the number now but i can look it up and dan you honestly were that on- makes the ankle lock look a little embarrassing like 10 and 1 we should be doing even better dan you were on chandler now 
I not not track, but I, I did not I track. But I remember you took me because when I was sweating that, I I threw out Chandler solely off you saying something off cuff, and it skated. Um, even though I know a couple other people in the sharper community like the other side, I obviously tailed my boy, and it worked out quite well. So shout out Dan. Cheers. What else we got? Country Club news and notes. Well, oh, yeah. so that was the segue. So recap, short, kick it over. News and notes. Country Club floor is yours. Um, let's start with some less than exciting. We got a ton on the plate this week for news and notes, but less than exciting news, but not totally surprising. Alexia Linick got us pink slip. Okay, yeah. I mean, it's for his own health at this point. The funny thing is, you know, I, I'll bet we see him in a major promotion again, whether it's Bellator, PFL, so someone's going to hire him. He's going to have a fight again. It's going to oh, yeah. be hilarious. The, the guy just loves to bang. He craves contact. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Um, it's been two weeks. So this is this was news kind of two weeks ago, but Volk confirmed he's in as backup for the lightweight title, UFC 280. That's coming up later this month. Cannot wait for that 280 card, and Volk will be in attendance and ready to bang if if he needs to step in there, which is cool. Obviously, step in, what, up and wait for to 155 in theory. Definitely, yeah. and it, it's weird because I'm I'm really hoping nothing happens between that Oliveira and Islam fight. I want to see that matchup, but it is one of those unique situations where the replacement fight might be even bigger than, uh, than uh, the current matchup in a super fight between Volk and with either one of those guys. I'm not sure who he has a better opportunity against, but um, I don't know. I, I kind of want to see the super fight next, maybe, if, if we get there. And I don't want to go down this rabbit hole like too egregiously, but Benel Dariush was talking about it, and he was mentioning that it's not that he doesn't want to see the fight, but if it does take place, he would like Volk to vacate 45 because you see these divisions get held up, and it would be a scary sight for Volk because you'd have to fight every three months if you're Volk. Um, and we've seen divisions get held up at gunpoint. 45 and 55 would be really tough for the UFC if that got log jammed. Um, so that's just an interesting wrinkle. That was Benel Dariush's point of view. When I thought about it, I didn't totally disagree. I think that this double champ status can still be impressive even if it's not held simultaneously. I almost think the simultaneous aspect, we should push to the wayside. The, the, the UFC marketing department is huge on those interim belts. I don't think that they'll strip or make both relinquish anything. I think we'll get a Max Holloway versus, not catered, but Max Holloway versus someone for Max Holloway's interim belt. Mm. Josh Emmett screams interim title. Oh, he lost to Cater. Get the fuck out of here then. <laughs> but that interim title contender, it screams it. That sounds horrible. Um, if, you, if you, if you, if the third fight on a pay-per-view card was Josh Emmett versus. If it's Holloway, I'm in. Josh Emmett versus. Dude, Josh Emmett lost three rounds or two and a half rounds to Mike Johnson. What are you, what are we doing here? Call on now. What are we doing here? Um, let's keep it moving with news and notes. Is what I don't know doing. if I can right now. <laughs> I, don't know if I, I don't know if I can keep it moving. You brought um, up Josh Emmett, and now I'm heated. Speaking of not knowing if we can keep it moving, Edson Barbosa is hurt and out of his fight against Ilya Tapuria. That was supposed to be October 29th, the week after 280. And as far as now, that was almost two weeks old news. And as far as today, we still don't have a replacement but, but fight for Ilya. 
which is just too bad because obviously the more we see of Ilya, the better. Well, it's too bad, but the truth of the matter is, and I wonder if Dan disagrees with me on this, I don't think there's a lot of people looking to take that contract. You know what I mean? Like, I think the fight that I'm the one that I have bookmarked and that they like made a, a, enough headlines and enough drama behind it the last time that they were fighting on the same card is the Patty Pimblett fight mm. with, the, with the hand sanitizer incident in the lobby. I think that there's a lot of hype around that already. And I think that now that'd be a fun fight. If you're the UFC or Patty Pimblett, do you really Hang on, before we get there, before we get there, we have a Patty announcement coming. So, oh, I know, but okay. This first, then Patty announcement, because it's, it, it, I'm actually curious. If you're the UFC, are you really putting your, your, your pupil Patty against a guy like Ilya? No, not even close. And I guess I, we'll just go out of order because Patty's fighting against Ignacio Bahamondes, 282 in December. Right there, right then and there, that, that's a guy in Bahamondes that is dangerous. And that oh, yeah. shows Poria for or I said, so Poria is a different level. Patty Pimblett yes. is, is taking a, a nice step up. No, but 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 look at the style. I mean, they're giving him Bob Mundes, which I do think is awesome. But I mean, that fits into Patty's game plan so well. Like Patty, what do you think the line is on Topuria Patty? I think it's Topuria minus high one hundreds, low two hundreds. And the only reason why I'm even saying high one hundreds is because you know the Patty, the McGregor line, the Patty number will get hit down. But like, I don't know. I think if you're the UFC, you want to milk that money train a little more. I've got, I've got Bob Mondays as a favorite. No way. Like, no way. I mean, if we know it won't close there, but it'll be interesting. We know it won't close there. wild. No way. Okay. I, hey, I, I mean, I don't disagree with the logic. That, that will be a set the spread, I'm sure, coming up here. I mean, that's, yeah, that that's just, I mean, I don't hate the logic. Card. That just seems like a wild one to me. But All right, I, we got to keep it moving. Um, PFL announced their championship event. That'll be November 25th, which is the Friday after Thanksgiving at Madison Square Garden, New York City. I know that's the awesome previous. Fight. I think on previous episodes we talked about the, um, we talked named some fights on that one and some championship fights, some money fights. I know Burgos is on there, and anyways, that'll be fun. Yeah, I wish. Yeah, you. I think the grandson of Muhammad Ali has like a showcase fight on it too. That actually you know, is true. Aspen Lad PFL debut. It looks like um, it should be a great, great, great event. Um, keeping it moving into December, we have UFC Orlando that was announced. Obviously, we've talked about it a little bit. We have a couple fights to announce from that one. Tied to Avasa and Sergey Pavlovich. And correct me if I'm wrong. This is a fight night card, like a fight night Orlando, not a pay-per-view. Fight night, non-pay-per-view, yep. So that's headlined by Stephen Wonderboy Thompson and Kevin Holland? Yep, I was getting it. That was, that's the first time that we're announcing it there, too. But yes. Um, Kevin Holland and um, Stephen Thompson. And whichever one of you guys made that tweet, hats off. Yeah. Shortest, I mean, world's shortest. I mean, and, and I'm not, no one here is surprised, but that is, that's got to be in the running for world's shortest retirement. Um, also on that card. Oh, wait, no, I'm going out of order now. That was, that's it for that card. We got tied to Avasa. I think that there is something of note on that card isn't our boy jsp on that card he is but we've announced that okay 
All right, my bad. Anyways, yes, JSP is on that card. Can't wait to see him back out there. Hopefully, we get him back in beforehand. Um, a little closer too. Got to work on that. Um, we mentioned the December tenth UFC two eighty two. That's where Patty and Bahamondes are. Um, Bo Nickel, fresh contract, is also going to be on that card against Jamie Pickett. Yeah, interesting. He, he had some comments about prelim spot versus main event spot. It's going to be interesting where he where he falls on that because I don't think Jamie Pickett is ever going to see a main event slot in his life. What's so funny is after Jamie Pickett's most recent loss that we faded, I remember us thinking, got to be pretty close to a pink slip. He's had almost no success in UFC. I mean, this is, if I've seen something that is, let's just send someone to die and then cut him anyway. Like they're basically like, look, you're going to get the pink slip here. You, but, but we'll give you one more fight if you want it. Here's another show appearance or show pet. And that line is so unbettable, probably. What do you think it opens at? Quad like a like a like a Nunez or a Shevchenko line. It opens yeah. at fifteen hundred. So it opens yeah. like a bad Dana White contender series line. Not to be too much again going off track here, but um, did you guys see the hypothetical line for Bo Nickel Hamzat? No. So no. they opened a future line. Uh, it's over at Best Fight Odds. It's a future line on on if Bo Nickel Hamzat fought Hamzat minus 200 thoughts. I mean, yeah, like Hamzat has to be a favorite at this point. We've only oh, seen agree. Bo Nickel fight Dana White contender series just, level prospects. I think 200 seems low. No, I agree. Yeah. I, I think that there's a lot, a lot of respect on Bo Nickel's wrestling and for good reason. I think yeah. they show a lot of people that are really hyped on what the wrestling we have right now is there are, there are levels to this, just like any other discipline. And Bo Nickel might be the highest level wrestler that we have ever seen. To like, me, it was the transitions that went. And again, I know it's the commit, but like you expect a guy to only be able to wrestle and that's it. His jits is way better than I ever thought it was going to be. Way better. Elite. He really, elite. He really elite. looks elite. Elite is a great word. Elite. On 282, we still have two more fights to announce. Um Darren Till, Dreykus Duplessis is scheduled. Hopefully we can see a healthy Darren Till in there. Yeah, I'll believe it when he makes the walk. I mean, does and, he? And I don't even know. No, comment. no, no comment. comment. No comment. Um, this one is most likely for the next in line at light heavy. Jan Blahovic and Magomed Ankalaev is also on 282. Very fun. Very fun and very important fight. I, I'd be happy with either guy getting that done. I think Jan Blahovic getting back in the title contention again would be good for him. And, and Magomed needs kind of the, the former title, the former champion on on his resume. What's so weird to me is they give you the two, those two give you so, such parallels. I mean, we've seen Jan at such elite levels against Izzy. And then we've seen Jan at questionable levels against Glover. Same thing with Magomed. He's thrown out fight performances where you're just scratching your head. And then there's other times like against Kutalaba where you're like, holy shit. I wouldn't step in front of this guy for a trillion dollars. Um, Dan, if you had it, uh, it's probably going to be a set the spread. I'm just curious. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. I know. I know. I'm, I'm, I, I just love what we do, Cove. I love what we do. Um, last fight night card of 2022, two fights to announce. Saeed Nurmagomedov and Saeed Yukov Kakramanov. <laughs> just really fun fight. I just testing. wanted to put that one on the list to make sure that I could get props for saying those names. Yeah, I was going to say, oh, testing man. yourself, testing Joe Martinez, testing Bruce Buffer, whoever's, whoever's going to be on the mic. That'll be Joe. That'll, that's a fight card. Impressive. I, I'm, I'm impressed. Hats off. 
And then also on that card, this one might be the underrated. Like this one has our name written all over, but Armin Sarukian and Demir Ismagulov. Mm. I didn't very re- fun fight. I didn't realize Demir Ismagulov was that big. I mean, I, I obviously knew, but when you think of the two c- c- compared to each other, um, I feel like Armin's significantly bigger, cuts way more weight. I would imagine. I know this is just me just being. But that when I saw that fight get announced, I did see that. And I was thinking, like, is that the same weight class for real? For real? On to 2023. Hard to believe we're saying that. But first fight night card of 2023, January 14th. Two fights to announce. Um, Jeff Neal and Shavkat Rachmanov. Did you see that opening line? Because I did. Or oh, I, I haven't seen any of it. Not, it was hypothetical. It was on the ankle pick Twitter feed. Uh, and I laughed. I almost sent it to you because of the uh, Neil Magny incident. Um, it's Shavkat minus two hunch. Wow. I thought that's that was low. low. I, want, I think that's, that's low. I know, but I don't know where to bet these things, man. I don't know if the books actually have them out or if it's a fi- fake line that someone's like guessing. I don't know. Seems low. Because didn't Neil Magny dismantle Jeff Neal or am I wrong on that? I thought he did. Neil Magny, I mean, he, he grinded out Jeff Neal. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. not a dismantling by any means. It was a little bit of a classic Jeff Neal, the classic <laughs> Neil Magny, uh, just kind of hang on his performance. But without a doubt, got it, got it done. Yeah. Nothing like spoiling the first set of the spread of 2023. So, dude, we'll forget by then. And I didn't even realize, I didn't mean to see it. Do you know who Main events, was? main events on that one. We have Kelvin Gastelum and Nasruddin Imabov. Interesting main event, but yeah, good fight, I guess. Depends on what Calvin Gaston shows up. I mean, he could beat Izzy, so. So the following week, we have the first pay-per-view of 2023. That's January 21st, and that's in Rio. Uh, Brad Tavares and Gregory Rodriguez, first one to announce there. Haven't seen that name in a while. Brad Tavares has been... Not super active. And Gregory Rodriguez's face must be piecing together <laughs> if he's already got a fight lined up for, what, three months from now. Um, Paul Craig, Johnny Walker, also on that card. Ooh. Ooh, I think that makes for a good spot for Johnny Walker. If you can trust that he won't be an idiot, if you can trust, if you can trust that he won't be an idiot, and go into the guard. I think that's a good spot for Johnny Walker. Uh, the next month, we had an announcement that UFC 284, February 11th, will be in Perth, Australia. So I guess that's February 12th local time. February 11th is when it's going to air in the States because of the way that times work and the globe. Um, and the first fight announcement on that card, Kai Car France and Alexandre Pantoja. Very fun fight. The, that I, New, that I was going to say that Australian New Zealand uh, UFC roster is very got a ton of great talent. That card will be fun. Yeah, I, I was just going to say if as long as things go according to plan, Volk doesn't have to step in for mm. UFC 280. I, I got to imagine that's where we see Volk next. Well, you said this was February now. Yeah, but still, I mean, they, they'll hold him back for whatever. You think so? 
for 40 for 45 bow? Well, I don't know. Like we're starting to see these other cards fill up. Like we know pretty much a lot of the main card on the yeah. on the December card and on the November card. And even I mean, you think he's gonna go to Rio a month earlier than he's gonna well, go to what when's Australia? That, when's Izzy Pereira? Isn't that that's no. November? That's November at MSG. So Whitaker is gonna be a lock for that card, probably. Yeah, I wouldn't shock. Right? Because you'd think if if eh, yeah, it'll be cool. interesting. Um, and then this one, go? <laughs> yeah, let's go. <laughs> this one is uh, not confirmed and not surprising, but Usman Edwards two is in the works for March in England. So that's looking to be the March pay per view card in England. Uh, it's that's what we're looking at. I don't know whether that's Wembley or if it's indoors or outdoors. I know that's all kind of up in the air. That's sweet, though. All right, we're through news and notes. I've got one last one on the, on the end. Uh, it's some Bellator news and notes. Scott Coker announced that in 2023, they're going to be rolling out a lightweight Grand Prix, so similar to what they did with light heavyweight. Um, but they do have actually a ton of really, really quality names at lightweight. Uh, Patricky Pitbull, Usman Nurmagomedov, Benson Henderson, um, Tafik Musfayev. It's um, an interesting time because I think Eddie Alvarez just left one and is a free agent. He's, he's spoken that he'd be open to coming back to Bellator um, as a former title. He was a former Bellator lightweight champion. Um, AJ McKee, a guy we've talked to on this podcast, it has, has spoken about his willingness to move up to 155. And I think that a, a big pay raise and a Grand Prix opportunity might be exactly what gets him there. And then Peter Quilly, another guy. So I, they're pretty loaded over at, at, at lightweight. And I think that it could be a really fun tournament. I think that's my favorite part of the sport over the last decade is how advanced this sport's gotten that these Bellator PFL rosters are actually like genuinely noteworthy. Like they're very freaking good. Um, so that would make for a good Grand Prix. Yeah, very freaking good indeed. Uh, and, and, you know, when we're out having a very good time, when we're pre-gaming, when we're watching MMA, there's one, there's one thing that's always a staple. And this week's podcast is brought to you, all of you guys, by Jepson's Malort. Got a bottle here. Uh, there's sponsors of, of Ankle Pick from the beginning. Malort is one of the most famous beverages in the entire world, but specifically the Chicagoland area, which is where we're all from. Uh we love to take shots of it, maybe even a cocktail. If you're like a psycho like Mike Perry, you probably drink Malort Old Fashions. But um, it does have a crazy flavor. And if you've listened to this show for a while, you absolutely have to go try it for yourselves. Jefferson Malort, great food liqueur based out of Chicago, Illinois. It has the aroma and full body flavor of an unusual botanical. Try it straight, take a shot, and show off your Malort face. Its bitter taste is savored by two-fisted drinkers. So uh, go over to Malort or your local 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 liquor store and tell them the Ankle Pick Pod sent you. And if you are from Chicago or have anyone from Chicago, it is actually this is a little this could go under news and notes. It is actually uh, part of the official drink of Chicago. That's a true story of Illinois. I think Illinois' official drink is a Malort-based drink. So cool stuff there. I mean, it's just, did you know, is that prohibition stat true? Have you heard that prohibition stat? That Not Jeff, sure. Enlighten it, us. It, it's that Jepson's Malort was allowed <laughs> through prohibition. If anyone wanted to drink it, like, yeah, you can have Jepson's. Jepson's is good to go for us. 
But yeah, uh, we usually have our Jepson shirts on. I think Dan showed up to PFL repping the Jepson shirt. So oh, yeah. they, yep. So they've been true believers since day one, and we love that they that we, we love nothing more than giving them some ad space. Okay, moving on from there, should we break down this card? UFC yes, Vegas sixty-two. What is it now? Sixty-two. Sixty-two. Some of the worst documented numbering I've ever seen. Nonetheless, October 15th, 3 p.m. Central Time prelims, 6 p.m. Central Time main card, Apex, Las Vegas, Nevada. What time does it start, Kobe? 3 p.m. Central Time prelims. 3 p.m. Central Time is right. That's some cheese. Um, okay, so I, so once again, Dan and I, we found, obviously we're 10 and one. We found great success kind of fielding out the ankle pick fights or ankle lock live. And so I'm kind of excited to do that again. We haven't talked about it and I have a couple spots I'm liking one, if we want to get crazy with it. Um, but let's, let's start at the very, I've very got two smaller size bets already placed over on my bet MMA tips oh, page uh, for new listeners. That's Dan K wagers at betmma.tips, And that's where you can find all my plays prior to events starting. But um, I'm looking forward to adding to that. I, I, I like I like the kind of the setup we've been having. Let, let's build these cards together. And if you haven't checked out BetMMA Tips yet, not just Dan's page or my own page, but it's a great site just to peruse and track your own progress if you want and follow our picks down there and show your friends how sharp you are. But first fight on the card is Mike Jackson versus Pete Rodriguez. Yes, this is a real fight, Dan. And as expected, the line is ridiculous. Pete Rodriguez minus 675, Mike Jackson plus 500. Um, I mean, there's no taping necessary for this. I know what Mike Jackson brings to the table. And he obviously won his last fight by a fake nut groin DQ. Um, I mean, he did get hit in the nuts, but he he was losing pretty bad and, and, and wanted another fight. I don't think you can bet this. Um, you can add to your parlay if you want to add Pete Rodriguez. He really shouldn't lose, but I don't see another angle. Do you? Yeah, I, I hesitate to saying you should play Pete Rodriguez anyway. I agree with you. You said yeah. it's a, you said it's a real fight, but on on the Mike Jackson side, it's not a real fighter. He's doing this as a hobby. Um, but Rodriguez should not be minus 700 against anyone in the UFC. And I know that Mike Jackson shouldn't be in the UFC, but they're going to walk into the UFC octagon on Saturday, and I'm not comfortable betting Pete Rodriguez at minus 700 in almost I, any capacity. I would argue that Mike Jackson shouldn't be in Bellator or PFL or regional scenes, for that matter. I think he should still be an amateur. It is very dangerous sport, and he has shown – the, the CM Punk fight is when I was like, what the fuck am I watching here? This is just, I, I don't want to spend too much time here. Moral story, you're passing on all cylinders. I'm passing on it. Yeah, me too. Um, okay, so Tatsuro Tiara versus CJ Vergara. Line is CJ Vergara plus 200. Tiara minus 240. And I won't lie, Dan, this line on the uh tatsuro side is way higher than i initially thought it would be pre-tape um it opened at minus 270 came down a little bit and then came back up so it it, it made a, a, a v recovery for all those stock people out there um 
but yeah, it's, it's settled in around this 240 marker here. And I, you know, I initially thought Vagara was going to be a bang for your buck. Um, and now I've moved it to a, a pass where, cause Vagara to me is, is someone who, you know, you know, we, he underperformed against Gleadson Rodriguez in my opinion, um, and had a tougher outing against Ode Osborne. But what I've seen on film is that he's still a very capable striker. Um, phenomenal, actually. He's a Muay Thai base. And I, I really was shocked when I saw the plus two, 200. Thought I was going to bet it. Digging in a little more. I think I'm just a pass. I'm passing with you. Yeah. Uh, Regar is tough. Like you said, it, it's enticing. But um, the combination of Tyra's jits and, and mm. kind of his fluidity down there, I could see a situation where without much effort, Tyra's winning two rounds from back takes and is just kind of riding out um, ground control time and, and really just like annoying Vergara without doing much damage. And so I, I don't see myself playing this one. I don't think that Tyra is the better athlete. And I hesitate to think that he's just going to be able to get his grappling off at will. But I think that once it gets there, even once, it's going to be bad positioning for Vergara, less so than we say. We say sometimes it gets the mat and it's instant submission. I don't think that that's the case, but I don't think Vergara will end up better on any, any kind of 50-50 position. And so I, I, it's a pass, and I tend to think Tyra wins a decision here. Yeah, it's definitely – so I was going to say maybe take a look at the over, but line is steep, 220 for the over, 2.5. I didn't love, though. Um, I didn't love that Tyra couldn't finish um, Candelario. And I, I, and I, I don't want to be disrespectful on, on the Candelario side, but if you want to be in that upper echelon, he's a guy that you need to have a, a better performance against. Um, Definitely. So that, that's another reason why initially I thought Vagara might be a play, but I am as well passing. Okay, so this is... I'm gonna. I got nothing for this one unless you have something outside of science. But Pierre Rodriguez versus Sam Hughes, um, and that's gonna take place at women's 115. The line here is Sam Hughes plus 140, uh, Pierre Rodriguez minus 165. Open to Pierre Rodriguez minus 230, and has just steadily declined in the favor of Sam Hughes. Sam Hughes is definitely the more um, experienced fighter when it comes to the professional setting having four or five, five fights in the UFC now, even though a lot of those haven't gone her way. Um, and Rodriguez is a little bit more of a newcomer with having only, only one fight in the UFC against Kay Hansen. You know, I, I think that outside of, of science, I have a tough time making any sort of play and the lines come down so much. I don't know. I, I wonder if there's any value even to do the science at this point. I tend to think that Pierre is going to win this fight. Mm. Um, I'm not going to play it. I'm probably going to stay away from science too. Um, Hughes is a pressure fighter, good wrestling, good recipe for winning rounds in general, um, decent striking. But I, te I tend to think that Pierre is going to be the better wrestler and win any of those exchanges that Sam Hughes tries to get off. And then while it's on the feet, Pierre is going to pick her apart. Um, Pierre's got decent power good grappler in her own right. Uh, I tend to think that she wins this fight by just not ending up on her back. I mean, that's as good a game plan as I can think. It, it, the question is, 
can she execute it? Um, I don't like playing juice on or paying juice ever on, on women's favorites. So I won't no. be touching it, but I, I do think Pierre wins this. She's my pick in this one. Okay. Well, if you, if you ride with science, go science. Um, it, it doesn't sound like a super strong conviction, but both Danny and myself will be laying off next fight. And this one is another one that's interesting. I'm really excited to hear your opinion on this one due to the question marks around um, the opponent, Lucas Alexander, but Joe Anderson Brito is taking on a, a fellow Brazilian, Lucas Alexander at the 145 pound division. And the line's massive as expected. Uh, Joe Anderson Brito minus 390 over on DraftKings. Lucas Alexander plus 320. The line opened at Lucas Alexander plus 230. And Joe Anderson Brito has been smashed all the way up to, he's seen as high as minus 400. Um, he's right around that three, 390 mark right now. So, what, what I want to say about this one in particular is I, I like Joe Anderson Brito. I remember you and I were both jaw dropped by his contender series performance or not jaw dropped, but impressed, impressed. Um, has a really exhausting, tough outing against Bill Algio and comes back and annihilates a guy that I do hold respect for in Andre Feely. Um, he's a very good uh, regional record and, and is in my opinion a genuine force in the division but this lucas alexander guy i couldn't find much on dan um other than the anthony pettis fc uh which he beat um jacob kilburn who i believe was who, who i believe has fought kilburn's uh, former ufc former yes, pfl he's yes. been around the block he's just not so great yeah. and he won that one by injury in the second round but one of the things that took away was how big this man is. He's 5'11". Joe Anderson Brito is 5'7". Um, but Joe Anderson Brito can mix it up. I, I just, I guess what I'm getting at, and I really want to hear your opinion on, is from all the film I got, I like Joe Anderson Brito, but not enough to lay the 390. Not enough to even maybe parlay the 390. Um, do it's you tough have- as I want him. You're right. There's just not enough. I didn't get anything. Yeah. Um, short notice kickboxer versus a grappler i want the grappler uh experience favors the grappler it's just it's just there's so many question marks no gas is out though right which is and, and he's gonna come fast push the pressure throw a lot of power and that could be a problem against a guy who's longer can land the jab every time you're trying to make those entries and really just make it a difficult night for burrito if that's going to be the case i don't know that um lucas alexander can do that but his frame and his Muay Thai background suggests that it's just like, I'm kind of making guesses. You can hear it in my tone. So what I was going to ask you is, will this be a parlay ad of, of some sort, or is this just, I'm going to need to know more I, right now. I'm not touching it. Okay. Maybe come for come Saturday morning. If I, if I've learned a lot more about this guy, but right now he seems like right now, this seems like the stinky fish in the bunch that busts the parlays just because there's not enough of information. I see that's okay. That was my thought to a T. So I'm glad we're in a similar vein on that front. Um, Continuing to move up the prelims here. We have another interesting fight, at least stylistically. Nick Maximov is taking on Jacob Malkoon at 185. Maximov is minus 135. Jacob Malkoon plus 115. Lined opened at minus 140. So it hasn't moved a whole lot. I mean, it's grappler versus grappler, wrestler versus wrestler. One's a little bit better in the clinch. 
one's a little bit better in like a freestyle wrestling standpoint. I, I don't know. I mean, do you have a conviction here? Do you have a lean? The line's cheap if you do. So, yeah, I'm really interested in this fight. Like you said, two really skilled grapplers uh, and two guys that do not look polished whatsoever on the feet. Yeah. Um, I think it's a 50-50 shot, and I think that it's it's – I'm going to be hard-pressed to not take a little bit of a sprinkle on the dog price of a 50-50 shot. Mm, and even, like even going into that, I, I think that this is one of those situations where, like we've said it a couple of times, grappler, grappler, different kinds of grapplers. You've got the Nick Diaz jiu-jitsu, Gracie, um, Nick Diaz academy style of Maximov and, and the freestyle wrestling you mentioned of Malcoon. And I tend to think that that favors the wrestler. And the optics are going to be Malcoon on top, even if Maximov is attempting submissions. And the optics are going to be um, if it gets sloppy and if it's on the feet, it's going to be Malcoon moving forward, trying to get that single leg versus Maximov trying, trying to do kind of really anything else. I think the optics are going to put Malcoon in, in the front driver's seat for this fight, even when even in those 50-50 situations, mm. even if it becomes sloppy. I like the Malcoon side. I like the dog price on it. So I do think it'll see my card. Um I do out of both sides. I do like the Malcoon side because of the price um, at 110. I think I pass the big like 110 minus 110 each way. I think I pass Malcoon kind of like you said, optically is going to look like he's winning a lot of the exchanges. What I'm worried about is I do think on a pure, if this was just a wrestling match, Maximov has the edge. And so I do worry that if it gets out into the middle, gets out into open, we might spend a little too much time on our back. Um, but for I think sprinkle, if Brandon Allen doesn't pull off the sub, we're not going to see Nick Maximov find it so easily. I think Malcoon's tougher than he looks. And he's proved it. He, yeah, he's really, yeah. I mean, he's, he's a tough cookie to crack. And I think that, I think the gas tanks on his side, we've seen Maximov look really, really dog shit after like a round and a half of grappling. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think that, like you said, it's not a, it's not our ankle lock or anything, but, right. but I like the Malcoon side for a couple of different reasons, especially being a dog price on a presumably 50-50 matchup. And it has come down um, from plus 120 to plus 110. So there's people out there that agree with you. Next one, this one hurts me, Dan. Uh, Victor Henry, um, one fight the UFC upsets a Honey Barcelos at plus 300, and he finds himself at a minus 360 where it sits today against Rafael Asuncao, one of the staples of this 135 pound division for a very long time, but is on a very notable, notable skid. Um, Victor Henry's a whopping minus 360, and whopping is the only way for it, only word for it. Rafael Asuncao plus 295. This line opened at Rafael Asuncao plus 195. Both Dan and I had it, had it a lot closer to even when we did set the spread just three weeks back. What do we make of this, Dan? This is a wild one. Yeah, it's one that I tend to think I'm going to pass on. Uh, like you said, we were all really surprised by Victor Henry, and I don't know what to make about Rafael Sunsau at this point in his career. It's four four fight losing streak, three of them being pretty brutal knockouts. Um, that being said, Victor Henry is not a Ricky Simone, a Cody Garbrandt, a Corey Sandhagen, or a Marlon Rice. Those are those are guys in this folder 
Victor Henry's over in that other folder. Um, I don't know. I do think that he's deservedly the favorite after tape and, and whatnot and the streak that Asuncao is on. Uh, that Barcelo's it's just not a place. Yeah, it's yeah. not a place where I see myself laying. Th- no, I agree. 330, 350. It's just that number. I can't convince myself Victor Henry. It'd be it'd be more of a fade against an aging legend than it would be backing Victor Henry. And I think you. that that price is too steep for me to do that. I'm with you. And Victor Henry in his own right, he's 35. He's got a good amount of, uh, of wear and tear on the, uh, he's been on the regional scene for a very, very long time. Um, it, it's, it's an interesting spot, but I'm with you. Initially I came in thinking a sun south sprinkle and now I'm at pass or maybe, maybe adding Victor Henry to a parlay. Um, I, I wouldn't hate that. Like that wouldn't pit, like, but I, you couldn't lay 360 to win a, a hundred. I mean, that's just bad value, no matter who you are. Yep. Mata Martinez takes on Brandon Davis at 135. And this on topology is technically the main card. Um, so it's a six fight main card this weekend. But Mata Martinez against Brandon Davis or Brandon Davis. And Mana Martinez, I believe, is a slight favorite at 155. Yeah, he is. He's a slight favorite, minus 155. Brandon Davis, plus 135. Opened at 110 each way. Um, I don't have a lot to add on this one, Dan. All I have to add is Brandon Davis is a guy who was on, I believe, like the original contender series. Came into the UFC, underperformed. Um. He went to the regional scene after vastly, vastly underperforming. Picks up a couple more wins. This is his second UFC stint. And although his record in the UFC is really bad, um, he has a win over Steven Peterson, a win over Randy Costa, and then a loss to everybody else. Bakniak, Barzolas, uh, Magomed Sheripov, Ho Kang, Giga Jakate, and most recently, uh, Donna Batgerald. So, so... I understand what the optics, but I think Brandon Davis is a better fighter than people think he is. He recently was in a corner and said some things about Brazilians that got him even more heat than he was already in for his bad performances. So I actually think I, I, if I had to pick a side, I think I lean the, I genuinely think I lean the Brandon Davis side. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think Mana Martinez in his own right is a little bit better of a fighter than, than he's put out. Um, I mean, the Draco Rodriguez submission was, was a really bad performance. Um, didn't give him the contract beats, uh, Guido Canetti, who's having a resurgence of his own. I mean, I, I think there's value on the Brandon Davis side, but I just don't want to bet it. You know, I, I feel bad. Like I just don't want to bet it. That's the best way I can describe it. Where's your head? So this, this is actually a fight that I have a bet place and I'm on the other side. I've got one unit on Mana Martinez. Mm. I grabbed minus 147. Um, and, and it's kind of a little bit of a reading in between the lines here for me. Like you said, Brandon Davis's record is a little bit misleading and the misleading part for me is that his first whole UFC stint was up at 145. 
And when he went to do his Gulf Coast, whatever regional scene stuff, he did. He had he had two fights at 145, two fights at 135, and has since gotten to his, his UFC fight one fight at 135. Every single fight he's ever had at 135, he's gotten hurt, dropped multiple times. The cut is not good for him. I know he thinks it's like his second leg, his second chance back into the UFC because he, he went 2-0 and might have felt more comfortable again with, with size advantage on the regional scene. It's not it for him in the UFC. He's not going to be able to – his jits is his best, his best skill for him. Lana Martinez got stalled by Draco Rodriguez, though. It's a I mean, different Mama Martinez. Them. These are guys that are on just opposite trajectories. We've got 32-year-old Brandon Davis who's like, do I still have it? Try kind of making the, the second run. Mana Martinez is a 26-year-old kid. He got he got a, a nice learning lesson three years ago now. Um in his contender series and has, has looked really great making steps to improve uh since then. The biggest red flags I had for him were his gas tank which he's shown he can improve. I mean, he was getting a lot of round one, round one, round one, and the Kennedy split decision, that round three really impressed me. Um, and then the Ronnie Lawrence took him down at will. I don't see Brandon Davis being able to do that. Ronnie Lawrence is a different might. kind of wrestler. I worry that he might, but I do love that Mana uh, trains out of glory. Um, I think that when I look at glory as a camp, they are a, a chess chess match minded you know what i mean i do think that they'll be able to game plan for brandon davis that's not a difficult thing to do but i think that i just i'm not betting brandon davis i just i think that the line should i think vegas had it better closer to even um but i'm not betting brandon davis um i just don't know if i'll be able to get myself on mana but you you remember kobe kobe do you remember the third round of that Mana Martinez Ronnie Lawrence fight in Houston, Texas, Adesanya Whitaker. We were all pretty yeah. big on Ronnie Lawrence, and he and he had two dominant rounds of wrestling. And then that third round of Mana Martinez, the grit, the gas tank, the power. I mean, he had Ronnie Lawrence on the ropes. If this fight goes another forty seconds, it's a Mana Martinez knockout. He was bang, bang, boom. Looked amazing in that third. I and think that was after that was like, after we got burned on Mana Martinez against Guido Canetti. I think right. that we I think that we might have even locked that one way back in the day. I mean, that's 2021. That was a year more than a year ago, but regardless, Mana Martinez is a guy who part for days, absolutely never out of any fight, especially against a grappler. I really like the spot for him. And I I hate that I opened it. I wish you opened it so I could have just taken my opinion to the grave. Um, now it's always good when we, when we can test each other. Misha Serkinov is taking on Alonzo Manyfield at 205. This is kind of like catching a falling knife with Misha Serkinov. Alonzo Manyfield's minus 205. Misha Serkinov plus 175. Opened at minus 160 for Manyfield and just instantly got smashed up. And now it's plateaued quite a bit. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, don't have much to make of this other than Serkinov seems to consistently, consistently underperform in an in embarrassing fashion. And Manyfield is just Manyfield. I mean, if you're a scrub, he'll beat up on you. 
And if you're a beast, you're probably fucked. <laughs> he's probably fucked. I mean, that's really where we're at right now. I mean, he's losing to the OSP, Devin Clark, and William Knight. He's beating up on Fabio Schrant, Ed Herman, and and Asker Mazarov, who's the biggest fraud ever. I mean, I, I'm staying so far away from this fight, Dan. I genuinely cannot even begin to explain to you how I don't even want to touch it. Um, yeah, I keep betting Richard Serkinov and losing. I want to bet right, him here again, right. but I'm going to stay away from it. Uh, he's a much right. better grappler if he avoids the power from Menafield early. It's kind of his fight to lose as it goes on and, and drags on. But, man, if I've been burned, burned, burned. <laughs> every time we both have. It's crazy. It's every time. <laughs> so, yeah, I won't I won't be touching it, but I also won't be surprised when Serkinov just grinds out a 29-28 that – Looks pretty easy after he after losing the first round, probably, and having to eat some heavy hands. Really, I was thinking that he might get a sub, a weird sub finish. I don't even know. That'd be interesting. I, I want no part of this, but it is worth noting that Serkinov's after his attempt at 185 went horribly wrong. He is back at 205 for this one, which I believe is probably more comfortable for him because he's built like a Mack truck. He just kind of stinks. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, we'll see. This one is, is definitely stay away though. If you have a strong conviction, go with it, but it's hard to trust either of these guys with hard-earned guala guala. Two more guys, Dan, that I really don't want to trust with my money other than on the unders. Dusko Todorovic is taking on Jordan Wright at 185. And the line on this is Todorovic minus 205. Jordan Wright plus 175. The under is not even available on best fight odds. So I'm really excited about this spot. I've got a bet. You do on, have a spot. Dusko uh, Todorovic. Interesting. Okay. And and I'm 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 thinking about adding to it before the number gets even bigger. I grab minus 189. I still like that 205, but if it gets to that 215, I'm probably not going to touch it anymore. Mm. I do, I don't know. I still might because I do love this spot for Dusko. He's a much, much more complete martial artist. And but obviously, he he's so got that fatal mistakes. flaw. Yeah, he's got that fatal flaw. He carries his hands low and his chin up in the air, asking to be knocked out. <laughs> but his wrestling and jujitsu is underrated. Underrated as hell. Um, as long as he kind of doesn't get caught, it's his fight to lose. It's his fight to dominate. It's his fight to style on a guy like Jordan Wright, who I'm not looking past. He's dangerous. He's got huge techniques and, and really exciting and, and interesting kicks. Um, but he's not durable at all. I think Dusko is going to land heavier, land more frequently, have the ability to wrestle, to win rounds, um, really look dominant with the pressure once it, once it gets into wrestling. I, I expect this to be Dusko's fight for 15 minutes, any which way it goes, unless he gets absolutely touched on the button. And so I'm not going huge. But th- this is the one that this is the spot I like the most on the card. Hmm. See, I agree one million. I mean, I always fade Jordan Wright. You don't need to. You don't need to. Ta- you don't need to convince me of that. What I am worried about, though, is more. I'm going to put hard-earned money on a guy who can literally be knocked out because his chin is higher than his forehead. Um, 
And it's almost like he's playing UFC three where he like ducks his head back, trying to evade with his head, keeps it on the center line. It's just like, it's not that if you said who's significantly more talented, I say Dusko 10 times over 10, not close. But if Jordan Wright's going to win, it's going to be catching him. And does he catch him at a, at a plus 170, 180 clip? Maybe not. Maybe not. The guys that are catching Dusko Todorovic, though, are getting in his face. They're getting in his face and, like, putting the pressure, uh, making it so that head movement doesn't work as well because he's in your pocket. Guys like Jordan Wright, guys like a Michelle Pereira that are snipers aren't going to put that pressure on you and trap you and cut off those angles like a guy like Puna Hele who rushes at you, a guy like Robocop who's dangerous as fuck. A guy like Chidi, who was a brawler, and we we've seen Dusko handily beat Michelle Pereira. I think that this is a similar style do fight. Think, do you think Dusko would be willing to grapple in these exchanges? Oh, yeah, yeah. If, I if, think we'll see him grapple in every round. Okay, I think we'll see him grapple okay. In every round. Okay, okay. If he implements a game plan other than let's stand and bang with my head up, I agree. This is his fight to lose. I can get behind yep. that. I can get behind that. I, I do like that play. Dan, this one I'm worried we're going to disagree on. Main card, 125, Askar Askarov versus Brandon Royval. The line is Askar Askarov minus 245, Brandon Royval plus 205. The line opened at Askar Askarov minus 250, went way, way down, and then has come all the way back up. It's kind of like a U as far as, as money goes and line movement goes. Dan, I'm on the side of Brandon Royval here. Feel I'm not good. so surprised with where the number's at. I feel pretty and good again, about it, too. Based on the Asker performance. I'm a big Asker guy. I'm I am, too. Back. I won't be touching this one, but I see what you're seeing. Yeah. Um, the, the, the top pressure looked yep. a little suspect. And a guy with the scrambling and just the unorthodox rolling and, and escapes that Brandon has. I could see a situation where he lands on Asker's back for five minutes and just steals around. And all of a sudden it's Brandon, zero mistakes for Asker. Brandon's also one of those guys. When you look at the jujitsu aspect that doesn't just have good jujitsu, but he's dangerous with it. Like it's a, he's a dangerous offensive jujitsu practitioner. I also think he has the advantage on the feet. And so I don't know about that. I, I, do. I, I, I Dan, I don't, I, tr- I get, I, maybe I've gone delusional, but I truly believe it. Like I look at it and I go, I I've actually convinced myself of it. Um, and so hear me out, hear me out. My delusion. Asker struggled with Kai's speed a lot. And I, I don't think that Roy Val has the same speed on the feet. I, I think, think that, has, I think I that think his speed has, on the mat is his next level. I think he has similar power though. That's what's so know. crazy. I'm, I'm a big Kai Kara France striker fan. Me too. Me too. I think Kai's great. But Brandon Royval beat Kai. Now he got dismantled in the first round before hopping on his back. But I foresee these paths to victory. Striking, um, edge, Brandon Royval. I see gas tank edge, Brandon Royval, which is huge. That's a huge, huge one. Because I think that if he's surviving those late thirds or late second, early third, I think he could finish Asker here. I really do. I, I, I don't know about the gas tank edge going to, to um, Ravel. I know he trains at altitude. He does. Uh, I know that factory X Muay Thai. He trains at altitude. 
precisely what I he trains at altitude and the Askarov gas tank is different when he's being when he's forced to strike with the guy he can't take down versus when he's grappling for 15 minutes but, but, I think that we're going to see the version of Askar that that we know and love that beat Pantoja yeah because Pantoja gassed <laughs> I don't know, Dan. I don't know. I, I, I think the plus 205 is, is value for days from an expected value standpoint. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not touching it. I think we're going to see an asker with a point to prove after, after losing a Kai Car France. I, I think that he's really going to smash with the E. <laughs> smash. Interesting. Wow, I was going to try to get you to go for the Hail Mary on the ankle lock with me. That ain't happening. Jonathan Martinez is taking on another vet. Cub Swanson probably going to have an early breakfast, late to bed uh, snack with his buddy, Rafael Asuncao. Cub Swanson's taking on Jonathan Martinez in the co-main. Jonathan Martinez minus 205. Cub Swanson plus 175. Opened at the same spot. Kind of came up a little bit on the side of Jonathan Martinez and it came right back down to where it's where it opened. Minus 205. Dan, Jonathan Martinez is gonna win this fight. Cub Swanson's too dangerous to bet minus 200. Change my mind on either of those standpoints. Uh I, I think that the only thing I have to add is making sure to not touch anything until we see what Cub looks like at, at 135. I think if he can carry the same power that he's had his whole career at 145 to 135, we could see an early, early night night for Martinez. The last time he stepped up in competition big significantly, he got slapped and, and was a little I, bit lax with those uh, calf kicks and got taught a lesson. But I, I agree with you. I, I don't think, think that also, that's going to be the case. I think it's also worth mentioning that people who drop down in weight, especially at age, don't it doesn't usually go well for them. I think that people look at that reinvention Aldo had. He's um, an outlier, complete outlier. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Because people, I, I, when I was bringing that up, that I didn't, I was talking to people this week that I don't think Cub Swanson is going to be able to have the, he's not going to look like he did against, um, say, Darren Elkins. At 35, it's not easy to do. And everyone said, everyone who knew anything said, well, Aldo did it. Aldo did it. It's, I'm telling you, that's such an extreme outlier um, that I, I think Cub, I mean, again, we, we should see him on the scales. But at 38 years old, with a guy that has the range management and striking that Jonathan Martinez has, I know we're not, I know we're not going to, dog him for losing to giga but Cub does have the longer reach when it when it comes down to it it's just slight okay but it's it's not like i do think that there's going to be an interesting fight for martinez too he's usually the longer fighter he's usually very comfortable on the outside i don't think it's it's going to be comfortable at all cub can crack no cub can definitely crack cub can definitely crack it's just like I don't know. I think even though Giga is significantly more well-rounded in talent, I think John Martinez brings a similar stylistic output. Um, I have a pass here. I think Jonathan Martinez wins. I think you could add him to a, a small one-unit parlay of some sort, but I'm not going to bet it, especially until I see Cobb on the scales. I'm with you on that front. 
something about Cub Swanson. I mean, he's always he's always game in any fight. I can, I can see an early night night for Jonathan Dude, Martinez. That's what always gets us. We need to take a pause to reflect. We, we look at these old school guys and we instantly go, all right, let's sprinkle a sun sal. Oh, Cub's a monster. Let's sprinkle Cub. It gets us into trouble, Dan. You're right. Too much love for the old guys. I love them. They, they, they change the game, but we, we always want to be on them. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I still want to be on them. We even sun. talked about how tempted we were to bet Misha Sirkinov. I mean, it, it, it's a problem. <laughs> we have a serious, we have a problem. Kobe, we might need to go, you might need to get us some rehab help. We have some problems with these old guys. Um, we don't learn our lesson. Main I event. Betting Edson against Bryce Mitchell. That's got to be the best example of that. I'd do it again. <laughs> I love Edson. Edson's got the fastest switch kick in the game. Change my mind. <laughs> Alexa Grasso, main event against Vivian Arujo. Line is Alexa Grasso minus 215. Viviane Arujo plus 185. Five, the line to open at Alexa Grasso minus 170. I think it's a lot more. I think that was a little light. I think it's a lot more. I think it's betterly priced right now with the market at 215, 185. What do you make of this, Dan? I mean, you've seen evolutions in both these girls fight over fight, especially in the Alexa Grasso corner. She choked out Joanne Wood. Yet when I think of Alexa Grasso, I think her, uh, I think of her as a, as a striker, um, you know, beating the shit out of Kovalkiewicz and Macy Barber, getting the, the rear naked choke over Joanne Wood. Awesome. But Viviana Rujo, I mean, I know she's on the older side over the hump of, of fighters, but like she looked great against Andre KBG, KGB Lee. She looked great against that. In, in, <laughs> I mean, in that KGB Lee fight, I think KGB Lee like dropped her early in the first um that was an interesting I fight you can't remember that one but my take on this my take on this has a lot to do with it being a five round fight uh i do agree with the line i think ross is the better fighter um and i think that she's got the much better gas tank i think that are I, I wouldn't be surprised to see viviani go out there and win the first maybe even win the first two um and alexa to turn it on later i'm, I'm gonna look at this as more of a live but bet spot than anything else uh especially if arousal takes the first one that's in I so I so that's interesting because I was almost thinking this could be worth sprinkling Grasso or or even looking at maybe a Grasso by decision in a similar vein of that even if she starts to drop I think the momentum will really pick up for her. um and I don't necessarily think I mean she could get the finish though too it's it, that's interesting so are you going to bet any are you going to place anything pre or are you looking just for a potential not on this one I, I'm going to okay. be looking at it almost just I'm, I'll be cheering for Araujo in round one and then hopping on it live I love that I could I could see me following suit so really quickly that is the breakdown for this main uh for this fight October 15th Grasso versus Araujo before we sign off Dan I just want to do a quick run through. What are your officially tracked plays for the listeners that might be worth getting in ahead of time right now? Just compressing all that information we just went through. Where are the plays? I think that Dusko line continues to climb. Uh, when you look at both mixed martial artists, one of them is a complete mixed martial artist that has one pretty bad flaw. And the other one is a flashy striker that's fighting mixed martial arts. Um, 
I like that Dusko side. I'll look to add to it throughout this week. My my only other one so far is the Mana Martinez on top of Brandon Davis, just not being the guy down at bantamweight. Mana Martinez has done a lot of stuff that's really impressed me um, and looks like a guy that's making crazy improvements fight to fight and even in fight round to round. Yeah. Uh, at 26 years old, which is something awesome. And, and, really and I love his see. camp. I love his camp too. And so for the listeners, I know I disagreed on my opening with Brandon Davis, but you know how I feel about Dank Wagers. I would follow him into the trenches. I, I If I see myself on Mono Martinez, just know Dan led me there, um, as he usually does. And he's got some of the dopest walkout music in the entire sport. Check out that Houston walkout. It was fucking awesome. So I do. So I see the Mono Martinez spot and I hope you win there. Uh, I think my only spots right now are I'm doing a half unit on Brandon Rival tracked. The line is going in the other direction though. So if it gets up over that, like 230 mark, I'm going to do another half unit. Um, I think that even though I do think at minus 110 each way, Asker Asgrove probably is the better bet. Um, I, I just think Brandon Roy Val's expected value here. If you run this fight a hundred times, you are, you are getting an edge. He does not lose. Just pick winners, Reese. Who's going to win the fight? Nope. I'm a, I'm a, I'm all about the expected value. So I do like Brandon Roy Val. Danny has definitely convinced me of Todorovic. So I'm going to look deeper into that one, especially. And then I think Victor Henry could be a parlay ad if there's another spot that you really like. So if you like, Alexa Grasso, if you like Jonathan Martinez, um, the Dusko Todorovic spot is, is a spot. I think that a Victor Henry parlay with that could be a play as well. So that's going to do it for us at, for, for Grasso Rujo. Um, Country Club, anything you want to add other than our sign-off? Nothing to add. We'll see all you right. all back. Regularly scheduled, set the spread, coming up next week for UFC 280. Finally at that week fucking love it shout out jepson's malort for the sponsor shout out dank wagers for being the greenest capper on this green planet shout out me for having a labelless hat because someone needs to pay us for a sponsorship if they want to be on my hat country club sign us off thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.